Lord. We welcome you into this evening to be part of us, to reveal yourself to us, to speak to us so that we may continue to understand you. We know for sure we can never know you completely on this side of heaven. Because like Paul says, we see as if veiled, but a time is coming when we shall know, even as we are known, we exalt you, Lord. We magnify you. Keep on inviting people. Keep on inviting people. We will start in a very short time. Thank you for those who have joined. Thank you for everyone who is sharing this broadcast. We thank you very much for being part of us. May we learn together and grow together, especially in these hard times when we are facing this pandemic and when we are also seeing the signs of the end of the age when Christ will be coming and coming soon we need to study more we need to understand God more we need to be closer to him we need our relationship to be very strong thank you thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord we worship you all we need is you like this song says all we need is God this is a very good worship song and we thank God for such gifts in this nation of Kenya as this uh, dear minister of God Emma Omonje God we only need you nothing else if everything else disappeared and we have you, that will be enough for us. We want to make you enough for us so that all the other things can have meaning. If you're never enough for us, nothing else has any meaning to us. Thank you, Lord. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your glory. Fill us with your power. Show yourself strong. We thank you and we honor you. We glorify you and exalt you. We love you. We praise you. Who can we compare with you? There is no other God but you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We honor you. Hallelujah. Once again, welcome to this broadcast. Let us continue to study the doctrine of God and uh, continue to understand him even though we may not understand him completely let us uh, look at what the Bible tells us about him you know our relationship is is a growing thing. You continue to grow in the knowledge of the person you are in love with, that you're relating with, and that is the same with us and God. So welcome.
Today we shall be looking at the topic, what is God like or what is God? Last week we were looking at who is God. We looked at how God has shown himself and we realized that the Bible has not taken time for God to explain who he is. He's one name, just like we all have one name. But he has exposed his character, his nature, his work, uh, what he says, what he's, he, he, he does, defines to us who he is. And that was an interesting uh, topic as we looked at it. And even if uh, you went through the Bible, you will realize even the, the people of the old, the patriots, Abraham, and the others, they define God by what he did. When God was uh, going to provide the lamb instead of Isaac, who was going to be sacrificed, that's where, in Genesis chapter 22, that's where Abraham gave us the name Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provider, because he was going to provide a lamb. When he was asked by Isaac, he said, the Lord shall provide for himself a lamb. So uh, we realize that uh, even as we know God as God of wonders, God of miracles, God who uh, parts the, the Red Sea, God who uh, rescues, God who saves, God who uh, uh, heals, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rohi, uh, Je God the King. Uh, so we know God by what he does. Today we are going to go a little bit deeper looking at what is God like. Maybe this will explain to us a little bit about his character. And uh, I think uh, this will be our last topic, but I would divide it into two because in the study I realized there were so many things to talk about. So I'll talk about half of what uh, I, I continued to discover in the Word. I was looking at uh, a, a book written by A.W. Tozer and uh, he wrote, what is God like? And he, he said, if by that question we mean what is God like in himself, there is no answer. There is no beginning, no end of understanding who is God like. If we mean what has God disclosed about himself, that there uh, but the relevant reason can comprehend there is, and I believe, an answer both full and satisfying. So if we want to know what God has exposed himself, therefore there is an answer. And we can continue to discover that answer even as we read uh, the Bible. But I also believe as you interact with God one-on-one -on -one and have a relationship with him and dwell in his presence and allow him to move and guide you, you will discover many other things. Because as we interact with him, as we ask questions, as we get answers from him, as he does things for us that are tailor-made for us because of our situation, then we continue to discover who God is. And by what Toza said, I believe he was right in that we cannot know God uh, 
we cannot know what God is with respect to himself. The book of Job declares, can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? They are high as heavens. What can you do? Deeper than show. What can you know? Job 11 verse 7 to 8. However, we can ask what God has revealed about himself in his word and in creation that the relevant reason we can grasp. Mm -hmm. When Moses was directed by God to go back to the Egyptian Pharaoh and he demanded and demand the release of the Israelites, Moses, Moses asked God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Exodus 3 verse 13. Let's look at Exodus 3 14. The answer God gave Moses was simple, yet very revealing. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Exodus 3 verse 14. The Hebrew text in verse 14 literally says, I be that I be, or I will be what needs, what you need me to be, what, whenever you need me to be. This name speaks to the fact that God is pure in existence, or what some call pure actuality. Pure actuality is that which is with no possibility to not exist. Put another way, Many things can have existence, e.g. human beings, animals, plants, but only one thing can be existence other than things have being, but only God is being. God is the, the existence itself. He does not need to have a beginning or end. Therefore, we are saying that God is being and because of him being then we become human beings we have our being in him like uh, uh, the book of Acts 17 says in him we live in him we move and in him we have our being that is what it means for God to be the being himself we came from him and to him we shall return. You can look at uh, Ecclesiastes. It talks about the soul of man shall return to its maker. Because from him it came. The fact that God alone is being leads to at least five truths about what God is. What type of being God is. First, God alone is self-existent being and the first cause of everything else that exists in that it means 
God exists by himself. He has always been. He was never created. And that's why he says, don't compare me to an idol that is made by the hands of man. Don't compare me to a person who says he is God, like Pharaoh, who said he is God. Uh, because he had a beginning. He was created. He, was, uh, he, he, he wasn't in the beginning. Then he became, and then he wasn't at the end. Uh, in, in other words, we are limited. We, we live within a space of time. And, and, and within that space of time, that's our existence. But God is not limited. God lives outside time. God is not limited to space. He's not limited to matter. He's not limited by the passing of time. Therefore, God has no beginning. God has no end. God was not born. He has no parents. He is God. At one point, before creation of everything, there was only God. And we don't know how many years it took before he, 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 he decided to create. And he was satisfied by himself. That means there was no heaven, there was no earth, there were no angels, there were no humans, there were no animals, there were no plants. And there was no mountains, there were no skies, there were no clouds. And I don't know how long that was. Time started when God created. That's why in Genesis chapter 1, it tells us that he created. And when he created this and separated this, the first day was. So that is when calculating of time started. But that time does not bind God because he lived outside it. <laughs> John 5.26 simply says, The Father has life in him. Paul preached, He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath at everything else. Acts 17 verse 25. The second point that we are looking at is God is a necessary being. A necessary being is one whose non-existence is impossible because everything else that is, that is visible, that is invisible, depends on God. If God stops existing, everything else will stop existing. We exist because he existed before any of us. And he has always existed. And he is existence himself. In the book of Job, the Bible says that he sustains everything in their place. He sustains the, 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 the planets. He sustains uh, 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 every uh, meteorite. He sustains every star. He sustains the sun and the moon. And everything moves according to what he has planned. They are suspended in nothing, yet they never fall. They have, uh, like earth has water, but it never evaporates and dries up completely. There, 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 there is life that lives on earth, yet it cannot be extinct because God exists. But if God stopped ex existing, everything else will stop existing immediately. So God is a necessary being. 
He is the center of everything. He is the center of every existence, known to men and others not known to men. It is believed that there are, no, there, 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 there are more than nine planets. Man knows up to nine planets, but they keep on discovering new ones. It's not that they are being born now. They have always been there, but we don't know. We don't know how much is there in the expanse that is there out there in the in the in the in, in, in the in the heavenlies. We don't know how many planets are there if we were to count them by numbers. They could be like the sun of the sea. But we will keep discovering and by the time the world comes to an end, we will not have discovered all. And actually we will go and realize maybe we discovered less than 10% of what God has created, all that exists, because the Bible also talks of things physical and things invisible. So there are many things that exist that we do not see, we do not perceive with our senses, we do not interact with, because they are beyond our realm, they are beyond our understanding. Hallelujah. That is the kind of God we serve. Yet this God wants to have a relationship with us. Very minute people, very minute things, very minute creation. Uh, before God, we are even smaller than an ant is to man. God knows everything about us. It, it, it is amazing that God existed and there were no angels. That tells you God does not need anything or anyone. He doesn't need our worship. He doesn't need our service. He doesn't need anything. Yet he has given us a privilege to do those things to him. That's why we should not take it lightly. Any assignment he has given us. Because he has chosen to do it that way. Amen. Only God is a necessary being. All other things are contingent beings, meaning they could not exist if he did not exist. Yeah, you see, like when you make a plan, there is a main plan, then there is contingency. Anything else you may need as you go about your plan, but they are not the main thing. You don't focus on the contingent. You can focus on the main plan. So God is the main plan. God is the main actor in life. God is life himself. However, if God did not exist, then neither would anything else. He alone is a necessary being by which everything else currently exists. A fact that Job stated, if he should determine to do so, if he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together, and man would return to dust. Job 34, verse 14 to 15. I want to look at one more point, and then we shall continue next week from 4-5. Number three, God is a personal being. God is a personal being. The word personal in this context does not describe personality, e.g. funny, outgoing, happy, all those kinds of things. Rather, it means 
having intent. God is a purposeful being who has a will, creates and directs events to suit him. Hallelujah. That's a very powerful statement by itself. In that, there's nothing God did that was not intentional and personal, that he did not plan, that he did not think of, that he did not put into systems so that things happen in a certain way. God planned the beginning of man and the end of man. That's why Hebrews uh, chapter 9 verse 27 says, It is appointed for man to die once. Who appointed? God. So he knows you have a span of time. And God knows each person's span. All the 7.8 billion people living, God knows how many days you will live on earth, how that life will be, what your choices will be, where you will spend your eternity, he knows. But you know what he does every single time? He goes ahead of you and drops mercy and grace and love, hoping that you will step on them and then you will choose him instead of life, other gods, power, money, property, things. But it is so disappointing that most times we choose other things. Uh, there is no man living today that has not seen the mercy of God directed to him that he never deserved. How many times people have come close to death and in an accident God saves you. Not because you have chosen him, not because you are born again but because he wants to give you extra days so that he can throw mercy and grace and love and care and provision to you, hoping that you will choose him. You see, God has given man a gift called the gift of will, the will power, the power to make decisions, the power to choose, but he never persuades you to choose. He never conjures things to force you to choose him. He pours love, he pours mercy, he pours grace, and he hopes you will choose. Even the, the children of Israel, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, it tells us, I have set before you this day life and death. Then he advises, choose life that you may live. And that is the same thing he's offering you today. He is setting life and death before you. He is setting heaven and the lake of fire before you. He is setting himself and the devil before you. Choose wisely that you may live. And not only this life, but even after this you will continue to live eternally. Hallelujah. Interesting. Prophet Isaiah wrote, I am God and there is no other. I am God 
and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10. That tells us God has set things in motion. They will happen exactly as he has intended. An end is coming and no one can change that. We better become partners with God. We better join together with God. We better agree with God. We better move together with God before it is too late. When people are told an end of the earth is coming, many people mock. Many people think it's a joke. Many people think it will never come. And like the book of uh, 1 Peter says, that when they were told the end was coming, they said our forefathers were told the same thing, but it never came. I want to tell you, today we are living in injury time. Christ Jesus, the one who has been appointed by God as the king, the one that has been given the name above all names, including the names of God. Christ has been exalted above any name existing in heaven, on earth, under the earth, in the sea. That is the name that has been given, one through which we all must be saved. You cannot be saved by any other name. You can choose a name. You can claim he's your savior. But I can tell you, like Jesus said, I am the way, the only way, the truth, the only truth, the life, the only life. No one can come to my father except through me. I want to tell you today, it is only in the name of Jesus. If you believe, you will be saved. Hallelujah. I want to say this. Jesus is going to come very soon. Jesus said himself that only God knows the day, the hour that Christ will come. Even though Christ is God, he said, the son does not know, the angels do not know, and therefore not even a prophet living today or a man of God living today knows the day and the hour that Christ will come. And he will come like a thief in the night. You better be found standing. You better be found on God's side. You better be found in Christ. You better be found born again through the Son of God. He better find you believing on that old rugged cross, holding on to it and hoping on it. And Jesus asked, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? My brother, my sister, fellow minister of the gospel of Christ. When Christ returns, will he find faith in you? There is a great falling away coming. There is great apostasy coming before Christ comes back. Many will leave Christ. Many will choose other things than Christ. Be found in the Lord. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to spend eternity with you.
He is standing with his hands outstretched with a gift called the gift of eternal life, willing to give anyone who believes. Are you ready to believe? Are you ready to receive? If you would like to receive this Jesus Christ, please contact me in the number that is given at the description above this video. And I will lead you to Christ. But you need to think carefully. You need to make a decision without any pushing by anyone. You need to choose for yourself this day to live for Christ. Hallelujah. He loves you. He wants to be with you. He wants to use you. He wants you to become one of his servants. He will never have enough because lives are being born every single day. And the servants that are true and are following Christ are few every time. That's why when the Lord looked at the harvest and said it is white and ready for the harvest, but the laborers are few, he needs more. If you choose to live for him, he will choose to use you to do his work. Glory be to God. Thank you. Let us just go to uh, prayer. And then we shall meet again on Thursday, 7.30. God willing. Uh, it is not by our strength. It is not us choosing. It is God giving us the grace to meet. It is God giving us life. We have seen that he is the existent itself. He is a necessary being. Him, in him, we are all connected. Even the trees will not live without God. The animals in the forest cannot exist without God. But you know what? He has set his heart on man. He has set his love on man. Does he love all the other things? Yes. But he has chosen man. That's why David was amazed that he has made man a little lower than the angels. Yet what is man that you should consider him? Hallelujah. <laughs> it means you're very special in the eyes of God. It means God wants not to lose you to the lake of fire, to burn forever, but to live with him forever and ever. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Everlasting Father, King of glory, God of wonder beyond the galaxies, God who created everything seen and unseen, invisible and visible. God who created things that we don't even understand. We see them and we marvel at the craftsmanship, the, the design, the planning. We look at how things have been set in motion and in seasons and in times and they happen, mighty God, as you have ordained them. They do not need to be inspected. They do not need to be supervised. They just run automatically because you have set them through your power. We thank you. We know that you created us for a purpose. You have a wonderful purpose for our lives. And Lord, we are praying that you keep on exposing your purpose for us so that we may live the life you intended for us. And we may serve you the way you intended for us. That we will minister to one another the way you intended for us. That we will discover our giftings. That we will discover 
our strength, that we will discover what the other person has for us. And therefore, Lord, we shall align ourselves so that we may exist and we may live according to what you have ordained for us. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, glorious King. We thank you for the study that we've been doing of the doctrine of God, that we may know a little bit more about you and we may live according to what you have desired. We honor you and we glorify you. We pray for every viewer this evening, mighty God, our Father, that you will love them, that you will pour your grace and your mercy upon their lives, O God, that you will deliver them from whatever they are going through. The Lord, you will meet their needs at the points where they need you most. The Lord, your healing will flow to them from you to the beds where they lie now or the places where they pain now. The Lord, you will move in a mighty way upon their lives, O God. Those who want to see you in a miraculous way appear to them for the glory and honor of your name, Almighty God, our Father. Those who need to be saved by you, Lord, let the grace that pulls men to Christ be poured upon their lives, mighty God, our Father. Be poured upon their minds in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I lift the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above all names, the name that is above our names. There is no minister of the gospel who is greater than Christ Jesus. So we need to point people to Christ and not pull them to ourselves. We need to point people to salvation and not to our churches. We need to point people to the kingdom, mighty God, and not to our denominations. Father, I pray that you will draw your men to yourself. You will save them. You will cleanse them. You will wash them by the blood of the Lamb. And you will set them on a path to serve and to live for you, to worship you, to, 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 to preach your goodness to others, that they will become signs and wonders for others to believe in you, almighty God, because of what you will do in their lives, almighty God. I thank you. And I honor you, I glorify you, and I exalt you in Jesus' mighty name. I have prayed and believed. Amen. Let me take this time to thank you for tuning in. Let me take this time to appreciate you for sharing uh, this link uh, so that others can also watch and be blessed. Uh, let me uh, take this time to, to speak a blessing upon your life that the Lord may bless you. And, and the Lord may shine upon your life, that he may lift his countenance upon you and give you peace and show his mercy and grace to you now. Bless you wherever you work. Bless your hands so that whatever you do will yield something. That God will bless you in the city and in the country. The Lord will bless you at a working place and your homes. The Lord will bless you as you walk on the streets. Ah, and when... Our times come and we go. Let us go knowing that one day we shall meet again. Thank you very much. God bless you. I pray that you have a wonderful evening, that you will feel the presence of the living God in your very own houses as you sleep, and that you feel the peace of God that passes all human understanding, according to what Paul wrote in Philippians uh, uh, 4 verse 7. 
uh, that it will keep your minds and heart in Christ Jesus, especially in these times. Uh, many have, have backslidden because of the hardship this uh, coronavirus has brought to us. Uh, many, many have left the faith because of the challenges they have faced uh, during this uh, time of coronavirus. But I want to say God is still good. God still has a purpose. Uh, there's a reason why he allowed this pandemic to happen. Many of us were closed in our houses so that we can discover God more, so that we can interact with him, because the cares of the world sometimes, they distract us. So may you find help in these times of need, in these times of pandemic. May the Lord visit you in a very special way to heal you, to provide for you, to raise you up, and to make you recover in Jesus' mighty name. See you next Thursday at 7.30. God bless you. Thank you.